Welcome to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas, clinical psychologist, couples therapist, and founder of The Thomas Connection. I help high-striving busy people let go of the pressure of perfection to create more joy, connection, and compassion in their lives. On this podcast, we promote balance of a burnout through giving you the permission to pause, the curiosity to find your purpose, and the courage to play. Welcome back to the Pause Purpose Play podcast with me, Michaela Thomas. We continue our journey through my book, The Lasting Connection, by thinking today of how we turn down the heat between you and your relationship. These skills will be really helpful for any relationship, any interpersonal interaction where things might get heated. But it's especially important in your romantic relationship because I don't think there's anyone who makes us fly off the handle as much as our partners do or our kids. And if you constantly argue and criticize each other in your relationship, it doesn't matter how many date nights you go on, the threat will block the opportunity to feel close. Identifying the things you're doing too much of or not doing enough of in your relationship and making commitment to try to act more with love will help you resolve your conflicts better. So it's really important that we notice and reduce the negatives in your relationship. And couples who want to improve their relationship need to focus on that first. They need to focus on increasing positives and decreasing negatives. Positives are things like affection, compassion, fun, trust, team spirit and closeness. And negatives can be things like hostility, criticism, mistrust, conflict, blaming and shaming. Before you can dial up the positives though, you need to focus on decreasing the negatives. What do you think would happen in a hostile relationship if you attempt to breathe in some warm positivity into it without first addressing the negatives? Imagine this scenario, it's quite a common one that I can hear from couples that I see in my clinic. Imagine that you've been fighting a lot lately and you decide it might be helpful to go on a date night. Something that you might have used to enjoy together in the past. You go to the cinema thinking that'd be quite a fun thing to do. But instead of having a nice moment of reconnection, you argue about the film choice, what snacks to get or whatever where you might disagree. You criticise your partner for choosing a mind-numbingly stupid action film And your partner calls you bloody boring for choosing an independent film about child labour in Pakistan. You can't compromise as you get into the negatives which have been overshadowing your relationship. One of you storms out of the cinema to go home. Date night over. Does this scenario sound familiar to you? Where you think that the solution to your disconnection is to just increase the positives, do something fun, book in a date night, then it might be that you're not seeing the full answer to your problem. So you first need to dial down the negatives before you can turn up the positives. And the difficulty is that the presence of these kind of negatives, like name-calling, criticism or personal attacks or lack of compromise, that gets in the way of the positives, which was the intention of reconnecting and having a good time at the cinema. The actual film you choose to go to is secondary, to the togetherness of having shared time together. 
If you approach a potentially rewarding situation with a competitive rather than a compassionate motivation, you're headed for trouble. In this chapter in the book, chapter 18, Turning Down the Heat, I'll tell you how you need to choose your battles. Because there are some fights that you can't win in your relationship, often relating to personal preference or standards. For instance, how tidy your home should be, what the temperature should be in the bedroom, or how you go to spend your holidays. The challenging thing about these kind of battles is that there is no right or wrong. Both partners are right, quote-unquote, at the same time, because they're entitled to a preference. This can create a lot of negative heat in a relationship, especially if you're fairly reactive in your personality styles. Very flammable, as we've talked about earlier. It's easy to then get bogged down into these everyday battles. But being in a committed, loving relationship is about living a life, not winning a war. It's not about keeping a scorecard. It's not about tit for tat. So letting go of some of your battles and coming to a compromise sooner can turn down the negative heat in your relationship, helping you get on better day to day. So spend your time and effort on things which matter to you as a loving couple, perhaps being close, showing each other affection, caring for each other. One of the very common patterns I see, that we've seen also in research, is the withdraw and demand pattern, where one partner pulls away and the other pursues. It might be initiated by one partner becoming aggressive or critical, which leaves the other person feeling overwhelmed, and they then pull away as an act of self-preservation. Basic fight or flight stuff. If one of you is in their threat system and they feel in that fight mode that they kind of attack and they have a go at the other person, the other person may well withdraw, go into flight. It might be initiated by one person being maybe generally avoidant or secretive, not expressing very much in the relationship, leaving the other partner feeling really threatened by the lack of communication, thus having to push and push and push the withholding partner for more answers or interaction. And this pattern arises from that threat system activation in either partner and the response is then selected from the menu of protective strategies like I mentioned, the fight or flight or the freeze and appease. These responses are automatic, they're selected for you, not by you, and they can be really subtle. Of course, it's easy to notice withdraw and demand patterns when you know, one person gets off the sofa and physically leaves the room, slamming the door. It might be that the other person that follows them opens the door. But it's harder to spot it when they both remain seated on the sofa, but one partner has stopped listening, has mentally withdrawn as the other person continues to talk. A silent partner might have gone into shutdown, or as we call it sometimes freeze, because they're overwhelmed by threat. So it's really important to be aware of the window of tolerance that each of you have. It's almost like a grading between 0 to 10, if you may, where you might feel that you can tolerate the heat between 3 to 7, but 8, 9, 10, and you've just mentally left the building. You feel so overwhelmed that you might even become dysregulated. Dysregulated means that we, we no longer have control of our own responses. That's the kind of time where it gets so hot, so flammable, that we might see things flying. Words said that you don't really actually mean. Things said in the heat of the moment. Slammed cupboard doors, things like that threats that you want to leave. That's when you left your window of what you can tolerate. You're emotionally overwhelmed and nothing good ever comes of it. 
when you're under-regulated, when you're not feeling anything, that can also be really difficult because that means it's almost like too cold. You're not feeling an emotional response to what's going on in the relationship. That might mean that you've already gone into shutdown or freezing, not feeling anything because it's easier to dissociate yourself away from it. And it's really difficult to know what you like here, what you're doing too much of or not enough of that's adding to this heat in your relationship. So I encourage couples to, to use the magnifying glass, the spotlight and the mirror. And couples often like to point a magnifying glass onto each other's flaws, highlighting all the ways that the other person is to blame. They zoom in so much on what's going wrong that they miss what's going right. If you zoom out a little bit more, you can get some perspective on your relationship. For instance, you might be going through lots of irritability and tension, but you're still able to make decisions together as a team. Or you're struggling with sexual intimacy, but you're still close friends and share emotional intimacy. So instead of zooming in on each other as the problem, make it a team effort to shine that spotlight of attention onto the relationship patterns as the problem, illuminating what's going on between you. You'll also need a mirror though, to understand how your own behaviours feed into the vicious cycle of your relationship. So taking a good look at yourself in the mirror and owning what you're doing too much of or not enough of doesn't mean that you shame and blame yourself. It means that you hold yourself gently accountable, having a willingness to reflect on yourselves and move to change for the better. Without this, improving any relationship is an uphill struggle. So at this point in the chapter, I have an exercise where you can write down what you're not doing enough of, what you're doing too much of, and what you're actually doing well. So taking three good looks in the mirror, what you're doing too much of might be negative things that you do that contribute to the negative climate between you. Do you have a go at your partner when they make mistakes? Do you end up shouting or threatening to leave? Perhaps you use harsh words about them when you're angry, or mock your partner for their opinion, or make fun of them in front of their friends. These are quite strong things. It might be a lot more subtle than that. It might be maybe instead of a, an aggressive, outspoken nature, it might be cold, icy or withdrawn. You don't talk to your partner after they've upset you. Or you might make important decisions without consulting them. And these negative behaviours will shake your relationship. And if you aren't careful, they can shatter your connection completely. So what are you doing too much of? With either freezes your relationship or threatens to make it go up in flames. And then what you're not doing enough of might be positive things that you don't do, that you could actually increase. Do you ask for forgiveness when you made a mistake? Do you forgive when your partner is messed up and not focus on moving forwards? Do you listen to your partner's viewpoint? And then lastly, taking one more look in the mirror and, and appreciating what you're doing well. There might be things you don't acknowledge enough. If you're struggling to notice what you're doing well, or you're particularly hard on yourself, go back to the episode when I talk about compassion for the inner critic and soothing your self-criticism, because you might need some support there. And in this part of the book, I go through some skills and strategies that you can use for compassionately soothing the flames in your relationship, how you can soothe the negatives how you can let go of criticism, contempt, defensiveness, and stonewalling. And that can help you heal 
the difficult things that have been going on in your relationship and even heal the threat of trauma when you've been going through really difficult things, either on a personal level yourself or as a trauma in your relationship. So have a look at how you can look after your flammability and stop struggling against what is happening in your relationship and come to terms with it, accepting it, that it is what it is. If it's, life is difficult right now, there's lots of heated moments between you, it is what it is. What can you do to soothe it? To stop the struggle, use an exercise here in the chapter where I help you go through, together with your partner, how you can stop struggling and accept, surrender into it and move forward together. So if you found this episode helpful, getting some snippets out of the book and learning a bit more about what exercises there are to use from the book, The Lasting Connection, why don't you have a go at trying it? You can order the book on Amazon, Waterstones, Foils, all the big bookshops. If you like the book, try to give it to someone you care for. There's a lot of things in there that help not just their relationship and developing compassion for the partner, but also developing compassion for themselves to soothing that inner critic that could be contributing to the heated, hot climate between them and their partner. So if you like the book, do give it to a friend. And if you like this episode, do share it to someone who might need to hear it. It's human and natural to have heated moments in your relationship, but there are things we can do to also soothe it and calm it down. Do also check out my course, The Compassionate Couple, which covers this book in greater detail with videos to watch, audio exercises to download and worksheets to use together with your partner. You can go to thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash the compassionate couple to read more about the course. Until I see you next time, do take care of yourself. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode. I know it's not easy when you feel busy and overwhelmed to find time for another thing to do. If this is you, if you feel overwhelmed or that you are close to your breaking point, then I've got a downloadable checklist for you that's going to help. This checklist is called Calm the Overwhelm. The first section has signs and symptoms of you being overwhelmed mentally or physically showing you that you might be close to breaking point or burning out. The second part is actionable, easy things you can do to try to slow down and give yourself a break. And the third part is a checklist of all the things that might show up when you're asking yourself to take a break. Perhaps your inner critical voice will have an opinion about why you're not allowed to give yourself the permission to pause. To download this free resource, go to www.thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. So that's thethomasconnection.co.uk forward slash calm. This episode of the Pause Purpose Play podcast was presented by me, Michaela Thomas. And you can find me on thethomasconnection.co.uk. And because great work rests on having a great team, This episode was kindly edited by Emily Crosby Media.